Lucy Berman and I'm out visiting Bobby Hong at Unitech. Bobby is also known as Burst as his writing name and he works here at Unitech as an academic leader with the creative industry department. Um, his work is featuring currently in the Broken Cities exhibition which is out at Waitakere and and within that, you've got those wonderful real-time videos, um, the series and the audiovisual part of the collection, and also um, some documentation of the work that you've been doing in Avondale with the Forum and Buff and Burn. So, um, kia ora, Bobby. Thanks for spending some time with me this afternoon. No problems at all. Kia ora. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, pleasure. So, um, it's nice to be in your workspace because we've met before and I have been out to see Broken City and it's really, it's really vibrant and I think it's going to offer a lot in both that festival of photography space and to a broader audience. Absolutely. So, um, tell me a little bit about how you came to be in, involved and Alright, um, so I guess my involvement kind of dates back at least with the Auckland Library, dates back to nearly two years. Um, yeah, well basically we uh, were working with the Avondale Library and from that we were developing a project called Forum and so alongside that we were working with Melissa Liang, um, Ross Liu and Dennis Brimble and between the four of us we basically mapped out um, a project or a vision of what we wanted to do with an empty lot based in Avondale mm -hmm. and from that there is like a local uh, you know permission or legal wall that a bunch of graffiti artists regularly paint and it's constantly getting updated with artwork and all these artists that come through to paint that wall aren't necessarily getting paid to do that uh, but it is essentially a permission wall for them to create some of the artwork and um, other than just being an empty lot so it's, it's really about utilizing that space mm -hmm. and um, they're using graffiti as the form of expression that they want to communicate their artwork. And so through that, um, we had the event where there were about 10 artists, graffiti artists, that were painting that wall. And from that, we also, along within the Avondale Library, we showcased um, a collection of artworks that mm. had been, you know, been painted for the past, you know, five, 10 years. Because uh, that lot's been empty for like, I think over 10 years, if not longer. Um, and so from that, yeah, managed to build that relationship with the Auckland Library and it's led to uh, cataloguing of a collection of images and photographs and videos and um, now sound bites, which yep. is good. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess alongside that as well, um, what I've been personally working on is a thing called the Real-Time Web Series. And what that is, is I'm currently up to episode 15 from memory. It's been yep. on a bit of a hiatus. <laughs> but um, yeah, what that is, is really a one hour to an hour and a half roughly per episode um, video but it's it's partially a podcast in a, a podcast format whereby I'm basically interviewing graffiti artists um, old school and new school and I'm filming them uh, from start to finish creating a piece of uh, a graffiti piece um, from the start to the beginning with the intention that whoever watches it gets to really you know Get, a, get some sort of insight into the process mm. of creating a piece of work um, and what that actually kind of involves because I think with a lot of the videos, graffiti videos at least, that are out there, a lot of the videos are sped up and there's, you know, there's juicy eye candy but, you know, you watch a three minute clip of someone painting but you don't really learn anything mm. from it. Uh, you, you might think it's quite cool in terms of what they're doing but you walk away not really knowing any, anything more or less about what they do. So the idea is to really present 
um, them painting something from start to finish so that they can get something from it. In addition to that, I also uh, get questions from the online audience. So I also run a Facebook uh, page, uh, which is called New Zealand Burners and Pieces. Uh, I'm one of the moderators on that and you know the, the community of people is it's predominantly New Zealand people but there's about five and a half thousand people within that group you know mm. and there's people actively contributing images and making comments and posting and discussing certain things um, and I think that being in that position obviously to moderate all that uh, has given me an op- a platform essentially to be able to connect with those people that are interested mm. in this art form. Mm. And so, and it's a really innovative way, I think, too, yeah. of, const- of kind of formulating yeah. um, questions of interest to those artists, too. Because you, you actually do that filming and then you put that up, don't you, for people yes. to view first before then... Mm. Absolutely. So I, I, filmed the, uh, gra- I filmed the graffiti artist painting, you know, for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. And then I, c- I do condense out some of the boring bits where they're just picking up a spray can or shaking the spray can. But essentially it's condensed down. And then from that, I will upload like maybe a one minute teaser. Um, and then from that, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to the online audience and give them an opportunity to be able to ask the questions. And I think for me, that's, that's a really important aspect to this process. Um, because it's not just about what I want to find out, mm. um, it's what I want other people to find out. And I think for me, that's a huge motivation. And so there's that Facebook group, which is more the local audience. And then on top of that, I also have um, my Instagram, which is my social media. And on that, um, you know, I've got near, nearly, you know, 100 followers away from like 40,000. And so to me, once again, it's this idea of a platform and that's more the international graffiti audience. And so uh, it's also about profiling New Zealand graffiti artists. And so on an international scale for Mm. people that don't know who these people are because they're new school or old school or don't, you know, put themselves out there, or maybe they do. uh, It's an opportunity for them to also feed back into that process. Uh, And then essentially after, you know, I might give them a week or two weeks to leave some questions in the comments mm-hmm. and from that I collate all the questions. What so, sort of questions do people ask? Yeah. What's the sort of range? Well I definitely um, you know after 15 episodes there's you start to see the kind of key themes and overlaps between what people want to know but definitely it's it's the historical side you know the origins you know where where has this where has this person come from you know mm. and how did they arrive at, or even become interested within graffiti that's the first one. Awesome. Um, there is definitely some experiences they want that they want to hear about you know and, and a part of that I guess is is the adventures um, by painting graffiti you know nighttime you know questions like oh what's been your biggest chase story or you mm. know have you ever been arrested and so there's all these other stories I think that often are left untold because there isn't really a forum for them to share those stories and and then feel that kind of sense of security as well by telling some of those stories mm. um, there's definitely the technical side so the techniques in terms of how to achieve a particular um, look or style with spray paint yeah because I was Um, watching one the other day it was extraordinary the fan sort of spray technique I was like wow how is that exactly and (laughs) yeah and and I think it's kind of in some ways it's very similar to if you were watching like a time-lapse of a person doing an oil painting or something Mm. from scratch you you might see the finished product but then to actually see it you know, evolving and developing, it's quite a, a phenomenal thing, whether they're, 
they're you know layering from dark to light or you know filling mm. in shapes and doing it this way so each uh, graffiti artist has a different appro technical approach to using the spray can it's not just one way mm. um, so a lot of people want to learn about the techniques that's another quite important one uh, I would also add that one of the things that people also want to know is things like their influences and inspiration so uh, in some respects you know with the really traditional graffiti artists in terms of their influences um, they're quite self-referential in the sense that they will draw on other graffiti artists and mm. refer to other people that have influenced them but some other practitioners you know also reference art and design more generally because they might have studied you know art school or something and so they're getting different types of influences which is then you know when you look at what they're actually producing that particular artist you can see that influence you know that it's not they're not just yeah. restricted to painting graffiti because it looks like other graffiti they're getting ideas from other things and I think that also uh, is an interesting perspective to look at because graffiti as a as a discipline to me or a genre of art is also then evolving in this kind of weird way it's not you know following a linear mm. you know, development so there's the influences and inspirations and then um, the last part I would say last kind of key theme would probably be you know perhaps their opinions about certain things um, you know like some questions I might ask is what what is your opinion on the current Auckland graffiti scene you know mm. and that person that I'm interviewing might be a really old-school graffiti artist which is you know on the verge of retiring and so he in his prime of painting that is quite you know he would have lived in quite a different era of graffiti than what he's seeing now and I always kind of compare that to you know maybe something like hip-hop music people say oh the golden era of the 90s you know mm. and then oh the music now it's trash and you know <laughs> so there's all this you know yeah uh, interesting kind of insight that I think uh, you wouldn't normally get you know uh, and then anywhere I almost because it's not captured anywhere at mm. least within New Zealand and then you take those questions and run a, do a second sit down with the person do you and do an interview that you used to yeah absolutely so the, the main process begins with the filming yep. of, of the process and then after that I'm, I'm getting the questions and then after I've got the questions then I sit down with them in a second session and then we, we do the interview which normally aligns with the duration of the video so mm -hmm. it's about an hour, an hour and a half try to kind of match them as much as uh, so you bit of editing yeah a bit yeah. of editing involved and mm. really from that um, I also then sync the audio and the video together mm -hmm. and then the third process uh, involves me um, reviewing and listening and you know watching simultaneously with the video content um, some of the things that the artist has talked about in terms of their responses and then after that I generate a list of uh, slides or images that I need to then contextualize what they're talking about oh, okay. so there's essentially three key layers to building one of these episodes um, because some of the earlier episodes that I'd done, I didn't have the images. Yeah. And, um, I th you know, based on some of the feedback from the audience, you know, like, oh, I wish I knew what he was talking about. So to provide a visual example, you know, to contextualize what, yep. what that artist, um, you know, oh, in the 90s, this happened. Well, then hopefully if they have an image, then I can show that. Uh, so, yeah, th those would be the three layers. And then also uh, what I've been doing recently is... Well, in the past, I was just getting um, music online, um, which was license-free, but over the past maybe four episodes, I think, uh, I've been 
working with one of my students in second year in, in his undergrad and he's also a bit of a music producer so he's been producing all the music or original music as well uh, which he hasn't released for anything else oh, which is really yeah which is really unique so he's given me you know the soundtrack for the past four oh, uh, four episodes which is brilliant. you know like four hours of music yeah so that that's great opportunity that's, for him too absolutely so really nice Absolutely. Yeah, and so these um, are part of the exhibition. I don't think all of them, but I think Dean has curated or made a selection. Yeah. But of course, they are available through your YouTube yeah, I mean, channel and, and also in the library's collection. Yeah, I, I think for me, just the fact that it's um, housed in a place um, which is just going to have long longevity, I think that's really important for me because. Um, who knows, one day YouTube yeah. might disappear and then another platform comes along and then it just disappears again. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, I'm very proud and, you know, honoured to have that part of the Auckland Library. And, you know, if anybody wants to watch those videos or learn something, there's an opportunity, there's a place to go mm. and find that information out. Yeah, that's a, it's an awesome, um, you know, effectively contemporary documentary mm. project that you know I'm pleased that we have too. I was talking to um, to Jamie about his photos too, and that mm. how you know there's a sort of a part of focus on the on the work on the art, but also they are those art that, that those walls are a place in our uh, in our city, you know, and so you can sort of look beyond the actual art to see location, and exactly. they really. Um, quite a neat route into um, a documentary of our place, you know. It's a time capsule. Mm. And every time I see Jamie or Jill, you know, mm, make yes. a post online, it's it takes me back um, to a particular period in time, you know, and um, to see, you know, everything else, that, you mm. know, the context essentially, that's what you're talking about. It's not just the artwork. Um, and I think it speaks a lot about the world that you know, a lot of those people were living in. Mm. Um, and yeah, just how the city has transformed, you know, from what it was to, you know, what it is now and what it might be in the future. So I think at any opportunity, you know, particularly now to showcase these images, mm. it's, it's really important because my biggest fear also is one day somebody just, you know, there's a house fire or there's a flood or, you know, and all these people have these images and, you know, yeah, really important stuff them. and we lose them you know it's very easy so are you still writing yourself are you out creating works yeah well at the moment um as you may know i'm, I'm still in my last five months of my phd mm -hmm. so that's kind of focused on street art right. and so uh, what i'm doing with that is really over the past 10 years you know street five maybe 15 years now um, street art has kind of risen to prominence, you know, in the mainstream at least, and uh, it's become more commonly accepted, I'd say, you know, amongst the general public, and pretty well received because of all the positive things, you know, in terms mm. of festivals and Banksy selling paintings for millions of dollars and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, so my context is within education, and so I'm looking at how to bring something like street art as an art form into the classroom, you mm. know, at, at high school and tertiary level and how to kind of make that a bit more explicit, you know, rather than, you know, teachers deciding, you know, oh, oh, we will do it, we will teach it this week and then we won't teach it, you know, next week or you know, this semester. Um, yeah, and just really trying to position something like street art in education and make that a really explicit 
type of knowledge for students to learn um, because I do believe there are some really interesting things to learn from that particular art form that a, a conventional or traditional kind of art school might not teach you which is essentially I think kind of geared towards being in the gallery mm -hmm. but I think that there is lots of merit working in public spaces and so yeah so that, that's kind of been my journey over the past four and a half years is to develop something um, in terms of what street art actually has to offer in terms of knowledge. but It's, it's really interesting, I find the whole kind of ephemeral nature of it, you know, when you put mm. something on a wall, you have no kind of control about what's going to happen yep. to that next. It's very um, anti-materialistic in a way, you know, like as Absolutely. you say, that other training is about a gallery to create a piece that's going to potentially gain material wealth, and this is kind of the antithesis yeah. of it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, and I, and I think that um, there is kind of like a duality between graffiti and street art. They're different types of practices, mm. but they operate, you know, somewhat in a similar kind of domain of public space, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think there is a lot of lessons, and, and that would be, you know, one of the discussions, you know, the ephemerality of it, what happens when you put it there and then it's gone, and, you know, and mm. that's quite a different context to spending 50 hours in the studio doing a painting and hoping it sells for X amount. So. Yeah, there's different kind of narratives that I mm. think um, you can get out of these two things. But um, yeah, when I finish my PhD, I, I definitely you know, will be practicing again with, with the art. And um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's lots of ideas that I have. Cool. I'm just waiting to unleash it. But <laughs> as a creative person, <laughs> it's, focus it's, on. <laughs> yeah, as a creative person, it's very tough to um, and I just want to make stuff, you know, have that desire to make stuff, but then I have to sit here and just type stuff. Um, but I think at the same time, if I didn't uh, have this kind of consolidated period of time doing my doctorate, like, I probably, I might not have even created the real time, mm. to be honest, because over the past five years, I probably would have just kept making, 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 and um, maybe be less concerned about, you know, the things that are disappearing around Auckland, you know, in terms of the graffiti, mm -hmm. um, and you know, trying to build um, a community within graffiti, which is kind of the hat that I've put on, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is really what I want to do with all this. You know, I, I know the you know end user per se. I know who I want to listen to it. I know who I want to watch it. I know who I want to learn these about this movement. Um, so yeah, I think a, a part of me is you know. I really want, I do want to focus on the making, but then a part of me um, also wants to put on that, that hat of building the community mm -hmm. and, and driving the movement forward. And, and it, it does require more than just creating the art form. There's yeah. all these other things like having an exhibition about it, you know, raising its profile or, you know, doing this mm -hmm. or pushing the boundaries of the art form. Or there's all these other things that I think are necessary to, you know, really legitimize it and um, keep it as a thriving art form as well, not, not just maintaining itself. Part of the Broken, Cities, uh, Broken City uh, exhibition uh, at Waitakere obviously is the exhibition itself, yep. um, but also we have several of us which are attending a panel discussion, so anybody that wants to come along, you know, have a chat about graffiti and um, get some kind of insight uh, as, as one of the people that's obviously trying to document some of the movement, um, feel free to come along, happy to have a chat and share some stories and experiences and my motivations for doing it. Oh.